preview. What is attractive about men? Oh my gosh, we love dad bods mm. in a short king season. And I, I do think something bad will happen. Obviously, anything to do with like the LGBT community to then like. You don't want a blue tick too early. Cancelling them, so to speak, kind of just resulted in an enormous force of people wanting to elect President Trump, which does that happen? Uh, I went to Belfast yesterday. Like, no one cared. Everyone's got the same 24 hours. <gasps> David Goggins. Atlantis. Yeah. Reframing masculinity in the contemporary context. Fascinating. Harnessing that shorter time frame is like, obviously, when you're filming stuff on a phone with no lighting and no stabilization or whatever, mm. it's going to, you know, yeah. look like trash. So, yeah. actually, you don't give a shit about this conflict or that situation right, right. God. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, that was a tangent welcome to number 15 coco pods the first podcast that i've released on my new coco pods channel i've obviously re-uploaded all of my episodes um but it really felt like it needed its own platform so here it is um yeah Ed Zorab, he's a good mate of mine. I haven't seen him in a long, long time. Uh, so we, yeah, we just caught up, talked about loads of shit. Uh, he's a film director slash writer. He's a, just a really talented storyteller, honestly. Um, so yeah, but we end up chatting about lots of random shit, not necessarily just about filmmaking. David Goggins, Molly May, living a simple life, etc., etc. Um, anyway, I hope you enjoyed this one. I hope you enjoyed this new format where I show like a little preview in the beginning and then I do a little intro and all together should be just two minutes. And we go. Three, two, one. Um, yeah, just makes yourself comfortable, man. I feel very comfortable. Am I allowed some of this sparkling water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what it's there for. Yeah. I do love sparkling water. Yeah. Cheers. Cheers. Health. Yeah. To your health. To your health, actually. And your crazy uh, David Goggins marathon running four kilometers every four hours. <laughs> yeah, that was um, that was a fun experience. Really? Yeah, it was. It was not as um, like it was tough, but it was um, it's just very like very monotonous because mm. like you're not really you're not necessarily pushing. No, you're repeating the same yes. climb every yeah. four hours, basically. Every four hours, yeah, and, and it and it gets a bit um you sort of just do you do sort of enter like a different state of mind where you're you sort of know what what you what you're trying to achieve. We yeah. try and do this like fucking silly workout mm. uh, challenge thing. It was David Goggins, wasn't it? It was yeah, David yeah, Goggins, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh four miles every four hours, forty eight hours. He's a nutter. He is a nutter. I love him though. I um I got very into my fitness over lockdown. And, oh, sweet! And running has persisted as a, it's become integral to like the creative process as well as just general, you know, good housekeeping mm. for your body. Um, I'm reading up on David Goggins and his journey, and he's uh, I know Joe Rogan's a big fan of him. Yeah, That's yeah, sort yeah. Of, I think how I first got wind of him. Yeah, same um, as I think actually. But what a nut job. Yeah, have you read his book? No. Don't hurt me. It's it's fucking intense. His his life is um his life's mental. Like the beginnings of his life was was proper rough. Oh uh, right. Proper rough. Which sort of makes sense. I mean, he's yeah. yeah 
you can you can sense that he was a broken man yeah, once upon yeah, a time yeah. but he had a really like really intense childhood like lots of uh lots of physical um just yeah his dad was like a proper maniac okay. he used to own like um like like bars and like like uh like disco places and stuff and like he was proper known in places and yeah. he made lots of money so there were he, his dad like had quite a lot of money but proper abusive mm. and he ended up like running away and anyway anyway it's like a proper long story but his book yes yeah, it's, it's interesting that his approach though because i feel like a lot of the people that look to that you know sort of fitness extremism basically are people who get very fed up all of a sudden and want to make a change instantly and and more often than not those people are themselves you know overweight or unhealthy and they want to go but like going from nothing to david goggins level it's like the worst thing that you could do <laughs> so it always has like a backfiring effect yeah, that, that yeah, yeah. crazy motivational work through the pain it's like no sometimes the pain is telling you that you're about to like shatter your tibia or something yeah 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. stop running for a week how you find uh, how often you run in now um, I try and do about like 15 to 20 K a week now. Oh, nice. Uh, but there was, I was training for Hackney half last September and I was doing something like 40 to 50 kilometers a week. Which oh, nice. Intense. Yeah. Proper. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, did you do the Hackney half? I didn't. I actually injured myself a week before it. Um, oh, sucky. and I gave myself shin splints, which took me like, three months all in all to recover from really and it was infuriating because i was also in like this amazing physical shape and watching all of that like hard work just, just like drain so, away yeah yeah, yeah yeah but that's when i joined um because i couldn't do any sort of like impact training i joined a gym and started like weights nice. and swimming a lot and have kind of been on on that journey as well and so my average week is sort of a a healthy mix of kind of you know couple of 5k's and a 10k and then a arm day a leg day nice um not arms upper body upper body yeah 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 um and uh yeah it's nice because i like I, i've never really i mean you obviously met me when i was 18 and and very uninterested in anything to do with yeah, fitness yeah. and stuff <laughs> yeah um, well we had been in a couple of runs though I we remember. did do though. that yeah, was yeah. fun actually but um I've never been into the kind of like aesthetics of like bodybuilding and things like that. It's just something that's never interested. But what I have found quite interesting is like being functionally stronger in like my legs helps my running, you know, like building up my quads and my calves and like mm. my my more minute muscles around there. Like I can go faster without feeling like I'm putting in more effort, which is a nice surprise, yeah, I yeah. think. Um that's good, man. It's good to hear. Mm, yeah, yeah, it's good yeah. to hear that because I, I don't know. I like I like when when people uh, get into exercise because it seems, uh, especially within like our sort of bubble of the world, where it's like full of artists and stuff. Mm. Like artists and exercise, it's like it's not cool. Yeah, it's not cool. Yeah, yeah, it's not. It's not like. But then I think I reached a point where I was like, I don't know, being out of breath from walking up the stairs isn't that cool. <laughs> 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 yeah definitely um, not yeah. yeah like unfortunately the only people that sort of stay slim in the arts you know are, are either like extreme smokers coke addicts <laughs> yeah, coke or addicts, uh yeah. or yeah 
junkies i guess yeah 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 the sort of jim morrison aesthetic of being shredded but doing no work whatsoever to to get there um doing work in other ways i guess (laughs) yeah anyway welcome welcome to the coco pods we haven't even yeah no introduction straight into it yeah 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 i mean um we're just brimming with, with brimming yeah just chatting because we yeah we're talking about yeah and seeing each other and like mm. which well we were trying to figure out when fair few years now yeah this is i think to go on another tangent like uh, sometimes the complications of like following people on instagram it's like i feel like i am still relatively in tune as to what you're doing mm. and where you are and we leave each other the old comment and stuff like that um yeah kind of massively forgotten i haven't actually been in the same room as you for like it's got three like years three plus three years plus I yeah, think. yeah maybe four um yeah what a journey it's been <laughs> seriously here. yeah yeah i mean sat on the table yeah man what the hell um do you know what i was thinking today um your surname zorab yeah yes where's that come from armenia Armenia. It's an Armenian surname. Uh, what what part of your family is? Uh, on my dad's side, uh, a fair few generations ago now, uh, the Zorabs left. Well, our strain of Zorab did. There's lots of Zorabs still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but I myself don't speak any Armenian. Yeah. Have you been? Um, no. And it's something I've been wanting to do for a while, but recently with the conflict in Nagorno-Karabakh, it's maybe felt like not the best time to yeah, yeah to go, go. Um, and then especially with everything that's happening in that general area right now um, but I I am hoping someday in the future when things come down to make it to Yerevan and explore explore the get more ancestry. in touch with my yeah my ancestry and my cultural heritage yeah, I suppose yeah, um, yeah. the Zorab yeah cool yeah I've just sort of always wondered like what Cause it's a cool surname mm, as well. It is quite cool. Ed Zora. It's a strong. Ed Zora. Yeah, well, it is good because on Google there are no other ones, or at least no other ones born during the internet generation. Yeah. So, for search engine efficiency, <laughs> yeah. I've got it's a good the, name. Yeah, definitely. Good name. Got my Google knowledge panel on the side. Yeah, <laughs> love that. I um, they make them automatically, and they try and like guess what you do based on X amounts of like features you've had on different right articles or imdb or whatever and they had me down as a film editor for like six months which is very frustrating because i'm not a film editor no um and i had to jump through a whole bunch of hoops to uh to get it changed so what do you mean like what google sort of so like so you know when you search for someone's name on google like um whatever anyone Tyler the creator yeah, yeah. and it will come up on the right hand side Tyler the creator is that musical artist his links to spotify and everything yeah it does that automatically based on like the amount of stuff on the internet and so recently i passed some sort of threshold of like having my name featured enough places that they invented one for me but they gave me the wrong job and so um and in order to claim your knowledge panel they give you like a piece of html code that you have to put in your website it's like uh to prove you are the main site right, 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 of right. x name you put almost like this little sort of morse code message in your website's coding and then they and then you submit that website back to them 
and they can see that you have clearly got clearance okay. to add that to the website. So even if you're not X person, you, you must work for X or whatever. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. Cool, I didn't, I didn't know how, that's yeah, how it works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, Coco Stoymanov, that's a pretty unique yeah. name as well, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a couple costed in Stoymanovs, uh, but luckily I'm just going by Coco now. So yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I haven't. I didn't know that. That'd be quite cool. It's like it's like a, it's like a, when you get your blue check mark blue on Twitter. Tick, yeah, 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 but that's the blue tick of Google. That's funny. Blue tick. There's all sorts of funny politics around like blue ticks. You don't want a blue tick too early. You don't want it on like two, two and a half thousand because then it just looks like you're really hungry for it. <laughs> yeah, you yeah, want yeah, the yeah. sort of camouflage of like 10 to 15k and then it kind of looks like they might have approached you to yeah, ask yeah, you yeah, if you want yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Even though everyone under like 20k with a blue tick has clearly spent hours like you. Please give me the blue tick. Yeah, I know. It's, yeah, it's silly, isn't it? But. Uh, I guess sort of like it helps. Good, it yeah, helps for yeah, sure. Yeah. Um, do you have a blue tick? No, nah, no. Nah. Well, I'm off social media this year as well. Are you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I haven't really. Um, I'm just just doing YouTube. Okay. And no, no Insta, no Twitter. I w- I would go on Insta occasionally just to like check DMs and stuff, see yes, if like any yeah. work or anything's come through, or people send me like, oh, check out this guy's story. He's looking for yeah, yeah whatever. Yeah. But yeah. Haven't doing like a bit of a reset of social media, really, just because yeah, it was getting a bit too much. I was getting too um, I don't know. I just wasn't using it the way I wanted to use it. I sort of I felt like I was being used, yeah, by it type of thing. Definitely. So I felt like okay, let me just step away. And I know it's probably not a good idea when I'm trying to build a podcast and stuff, <laughs> but yeah. but at least it's it's like whatever you know. I'm I, I want to focus on the important things in life and yeah I, well, think, I think that's very healthy yeah so yeah stepped away for it for i you. think i would i would do that too if i wasn't so sort of well, i don't know if i am dependent on social media for work but i feel like i am i feel like to step away would be to close down yeah. the channel of communication and yeah um and it certainly helps when you're on jobs and as you say you need to find someone in a pinch you know it's sort of like oh yeah it's a massive sets tool the, the you know connection tree going of different people yeah um yeah recently i was in a real pinch i needed an ac and i like i was like yeah trying to message people and i was like man just like if i just put up a story right now i probably could get someone would get in contact straight away yeah so there's yeah i've definitely and i've also definitely lost out on work because of uh, not being social media. But yeah. I kind of knew that anyway, you know? Yeah. I, I kind of knew that that was going to be the case, but... But how's it been social media free for... Yeah, it's nice. It's it's weird because um, it doesn't feel like I'm, I'm free from the spell quite yet because, yeah. like, because I'm on YouTube, uh, there's, like, YouTube shorts now as well. Mm. And they're, they're just as fucking addictive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like... It's it's a whole thing of just trying to trying Watching to a, a hot nickel ball melt through a <laughs> pool pool noodle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all just like the fucking silly videos, and they're you know just like at night you're trying to just fucking so yeah at night you're just yeah scrolling through like YouTube yeah uh, done videos at, at the end of your willpower mm-hmm. just kind of. I don't know. It's hard. It is hard. It's it's kind of a 
I guess trying to achieve some sort of digital minimalism type of thing where mm. I don't know it's such a great tool which I feel like I haven't I've, I, I have used uh, it in my favor to an extent but I don't think uh, it's I mean I'm uh, it's an interesting tool because it that it's used to create so much garbage obviously um, and meaningless impactless content um, but I think, as you say, it could be used quite effectively. A project I'm working on at the moment is a suite of like six short films, all under 60 seconds. Um, and the intended release platform for them is Instagram. And they're these cool little character pieces. It was sort of, um, it was born out of having a drought of content during lockdown and me and my mate Harry, um, decided that we kind of wanted to, you know, without the time frame or the budget to go out and make six full-length movies we were like if we just did a character snapshot of each one so mm. it's super like economic tight lean storytelling yeah. and you know you go on this entire sort of journey it's kind of like skits but like not necessarily as jovial and as funny as skits um but um yeah we're we're trying at the moment i guess to sort of capitalize on that you know I guess if short form is like short films and we're talking about like yeah. micro short films. Yeah, micro yeah. short films, yeah. Um, and trying to, you know, like work out how it can be used. I think, because I think that's something that's just always sat kind of uncomfortably with me. And my work is like, obviously some of my favorite filmmakers um, have repurposed or pushed the bounds of technology over like the 20th century, mm. you know, changing art forms by, you know, looking to the future whereas like it doesn't feel like that's necessarily progress with our generation because we're, we're not getting like um you know we're making things even shorter we're not pushing them longer we're not making yeah, yeah, yeah. them bigger anymore we're making everything smaller you know we kind of we climbed over those ladders of like you know 16 mm. mil 35 mil 70 Sorry. mil imax and yeah. now it's kind of like we had a brief moment where we were obsessed with massive tvs but pretty much everything is designed for mm phone consumption yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah we'll see what comes of it and if it's a success is that going to be on like an, on its own instagram or yeah um we have the project's name is apophenia apophenia yeah what does that mean uh, it's the like mistaken connection between different things which somebody believes are related but are completely unrelated okay nice um it's Not one enough. of the earlier diagnostic stages in schizophrenia um Apophenia. Apophenia. And it's these six different characters in different time periods throughout time, um, all kind of beginning their own journey into believing there's some sort of connective thread between all of them. It's very fun. Like. Yeah, what is going on? Let me just uh, <laughs> let me just press the button. But anyway, so what ap uh, ap uh, Apophenia. Apophenia, that's what you're uh, yeah. Um we as of yet, probably have a release date for the end of this year. We're in pre-production for the second one at the moment. Um, and we're hoping to have the third one completed by June. Um, and then four, five and six at some point between June and, and September. Nice. And then um, in terms of like technical, like are, you, are you filming it on a phone or are you filming on no, cameras? so we're shooting, we shot the first one on an A7S nice. three with uh, my DOP's just got some new lenses um, 
So and you're doing it properly. Yeah, yes, yeah, properly, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but just in short. Because I think that's the other thing about harnessing that shorter time frame is like obviously when you're filming stuff on a phone with no lighting and no stabilization or whatever, mm. it's gonna, you know, yeah. look like trash. So yeah. actually taking the kind of the school of production that we were taught when we were at film school and applying it to, you know, an environment where that's not really seen very often is is kind mm. of interesting. And I'm hoping that would be a uh, a strength of the project yeah not definitely a, yeah. a drastic overspend on our behalf yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, I, 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 i'm a big fan when i see like super short form content that's like that's got the right production value mm. you know what i mean it's like yeah. it's just nice to look at as, as much as the, obviously it's the story is important but it's, mm. it is just nice yeah, to look at, yeah. visually calming and it's nice because like it's it's just me and my mates basically nice. like you know we we all set out to work very hard after film school graduation and everyone's kind of you know found their path and and gotten onto it and now this is just something we do on the weekends you know trying to make it as good as possible mm. without being damaging to everyone's professional work yeah, yeah, schedules yeah. and stuff like that um and seeing what other people want you know as i said like ed my dop uh, glenn jones just got a new set of lenses so we did the first one as a kind of lens test to making sure we got shots on every single lens and everything. Um, Lily, the actress, wanted, you know, um, a kind of American but Southern USA uh, accent for a showreel, so we kind of tailored the character to her. Nice. And just kind of like, you know, it's you forget you really don't have huge amounts of room to experiment and fail when you're working professionally because if you fail that's like that's no good yeah it's not good um and people remember and and it's actually really lovely to have created this sort of safe experimental project where mm. everyone gets to try something a takeaway from it and stuff like that um the only issue is that because we're such a small production team it's obviously taking a little bit of time to to create everything and so all the people involved in number one want to, you know, release all their stills and because it looks so gorgeous. Um, but we have to wait until they're all completed yeah, yeah. before. Oh, I'm excited to see them, man. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can actually show you number one. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, afterwards. Afterwards, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and what about all the music video stuff? Uh, oh, I saw the, um, I went on the, the, obviously the, the fur video. It's yes. got like 20 million views. Yeah. It's crazy. still still goes up yeah yeah i check back on it every so often yeah, that's cool man um yeah really cool no the music video is going well i recently signed with um deadbeat on their uh roster of music Sweet. Video directors and i had my first job through them um about three weeks ago now beginning of april how'd um, that go amazing to be honest with you like they're such a tightly knit family kind of orientated team everyone's super young there's no assholes or anything like that nice um they're just really lovely lovely sweet people and yeah it was for a german electronic artist called jonas sue oh um, nice he did that black magic song oh no no i just i just no just the fact that it's electronic yeah, yeah i think yeah, yeah. um it was a first for me moving away from like lyrics and yeah like um it does have a singer in it. Oh, it does. Reeve, Canadian artist. Um, song is so catchy. You'll hear it on the yeah, radio yeah, soon, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, it's it's interesting because obviously with that, you know, um, that new 
it was it was it was very nerve wracking, but also felt amazing to be back and just you know felt like COVID delays were finally over. And, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, it went really well. We shot in um, Beckenham, which is almost as far from me as it was to get here today. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, yeah. But in the other direction. And so. other, yeah, yeah. Um, what uh, is it? Is the video out yet? Yeah, oh, came nice. out last Friday. Oh, cool, man. Yeah, yeah. Already on like 100k views or Sweet. something. It's doing really well. Massively riding on the coattails of how catchy the song is. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it kind of does. Yeah. That's the thing with, about making music videos sometimes. It's like sometimes... Sometimes it's the video that does it. Sometimes it's the song yeah, that does it. I yeah. think I've had it both ways now. And it's obviously nicer when... The video does it. The video does it. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's also a certain degree of like... If the song's not good, it's not going anywhere. Yeah, type, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, completely. You can't get traction on a trash song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but what about you? So all your stuff with uh, with stupid and stuff. Yeah. Is that still going? Well, not really. I mean, me and Ella sort of parted ways in terms of that 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 setting. Yeah. Um, like she, it's like stupid's very much going, uh, but it's more of a. I think it's just going to be a, a lot more of a long term project. Mm-hmm. Um, Ella sort of just gathering her skills at the, at the moment, doing lots of bits and bobs, and actually doing really well. As in, like she she done a lot of editing, um, and I'm to- I'm, I'm taking lots of tips from her, honestly, mm. just by the way she goes about things because she sort of she's very much uh, dives in the deep end and then just like mm. sort of works her yeah well, yeah yeah, which is kind of I, I mean I've, I've to be honest I've that's how I've gone about things as well. Um, and I think there's a lot to be learned from that that way of doing, where you sort of just you sort of do it, and you just learn, learn, yeah. learn from doing rather than learn from, you know, the, yeah, thinking about doing yeah, that yeah, type of thing. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, but that's like me and her still work together on things, yeah. definitely. Uh, and maybe we'll do some more stupid stuff in in the future. You never know. Uh, yeah. But. Other things, I mean, like I said, I want to do more of this, like YouTube, YouTube malarkey. Yeah, trying to figure figure that out. I've got some sort of plan that I'm gonna follow. See, see if it works out. Really. Uh, well, I, m- I remember even when we first met, you were super into like KC. Um, KC Neistat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because yeah. yeah, I was just uh, was that, was I doing vlogs back then? or Was that before? I can't remember. There was like a period where I did like, I vlogged like every day for like 30 days or something. Right. That was proper case. How and was that? Yeah, yeah case and nice that inspired. I, I mean, that was like when I was like 19 or something. But I don't know. I've always played with the idea about being mm. on YouTube and actually like doing it properly. But I guess it's just, yeah, just finding my, finding my voice in it. Yeah. Well, like what, what do I want to say? Like what niche do I want to do? And that's kind of like my struggle really. Mm. Uh, so I've, I've given myself this year to sort of figure that out. Yeah. I have like no... no Maybe bu- that's that's the thing. That's the thing. You trying to find all your things. <laughs> yeah. Coco, yeah, I'll have, have Coco that. searches. Coco search. The meaning. Yeah, meaning of YouTube yeah. YouTube life. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's, uh, That'd be quite funny. You could try fishing. You could try... Yeah. Uh, well, actually, fishing is one of the things I will do on the channel. Jousting. <laughs> Jousting. You, you could try... Oh, yeah, I forgot. You're quite an avid fisherman, aren't you? Yeah, well, my dad is, and I, I, I go sometimes uh, when my Kiro. mate... Actually, yeah, Kiro. Remember Kiro? Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
these uh how's your sister yeah she's all right she's got a baby now oh wow okay yeah, yeah i'm, I'm an uncle yeah uh his name's huxley very nice yeah very british name after it's not aldous huxley okay just just huxley they just like the name um uh and he's a year and a half very nice yeah Oh man, I love being an uncle. Uncle Coco. Yeah, I love it. I'm very much settling into the like. Oh yeah, it's all the fun with none of the responsibility. Yeah, oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, just go and see him, just have fun with him, and then whenever. Um, to be sure, to be honest, I'm well excited for him to like grow up, and I'll just like take him to London. Yeah, take him to the the big smoke. Nice. Experience the the life out here. That can, that's going to be a. Uh, yeah. Because they're, they're all, they're all st- still live in Southampton. My mm. parents do. And then my 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 sister and uh, her husband, they live in North Baddersley. Oh, right. Cool. Yeah. Very nice. Still village. Yeah. But they're doing, they're doing all right. Obviously, the pandemic pandemic hit them really bad because yeah. they, <laughs> they opened a business. They're like actually open. They open their doors like three hours before the first lockdown. <laughs> so they have the, yeah yeah they're like they're closed like straight away and they reopen but they've sort of just been are they kind still of, based in um is it red church no um north Paisley. no your parents oh no they are um uh uh millbrook mill that's it yeah forgot where i live in yeah Millbrook, yeah. It, that place is weird. It's getting gentrified. Yeah. Yeah, there's like lots of new builds and stuff, but it's still like that weird sex shop is still there on the uh on the motorway entrance into Southampton. Which which sex shop? Millbrook is next to the Millbrook Chippy, there's like an adult video. Really? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been going strong oh, uh, mate. as long as I can remember it. Fuck it. I didn't even know that. Yeah. Millbrook's weird, man. It's just like a lot of people that sort of just like float through life and like there isn't much more to them like to their life than just their little bubble well i think you know unfortunately fortunately i don't it's not really for me to comment on whether it's a better or worse approach but i think one of the things you kind of you lose touch on when you're living in london which is so vibrantly full of so many people with so many dreams and like so much charisma is that vast majority of the world it's not that's not the case absolutely fine cracking on and you know just going about their life yeah um and we're i guess very fortunate and privileged to sort of maybe want to see what's above the cloud or behind the mountain or something like that Um, yeah yeah do now uh, i get what you mean about millbrook it is (laughs) it is full of you know like just uh, yeah like people getting stabbed with screwdrivers and shit Uh, I do think about that actually about the the like how how weird not weird just different London is to the rest of rest of England like sometimes when you travel and you go to like weird little towns you sort of I don't know yeah yeah exactly what you said was just meet people that are sort of very happy just like just living and just going about their life yeah and and it's very it's very simple but it's a very satisfactory life I think uh, in London is a I mean, I mean, I don't know statistically or whatever, but like in terms of like depression, anxiety and stuff, like, oh my gosh, like I feel like London is like, or just like big cities in general, it feels like the epicenter of all that stuff. Like we've all got, we've <laughs> all got something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, um, yeah for sure. I don't, I don't know if that stuff doesn't go on elsewhere, but I also think that I guess 
conversations are had a lot more in London and, and or in any kind of like metropolistic liberal leaning, you know, mm. epicenter as you say. Things like that are, are gonna come up in conversation more than than not know, in, in but I think things are getting better. I don't know how much better. Or maybe maybe that's just like blind optimism. I think things are yeah, I think, yeah. no F, like proof or anything <laughs> yeah. mental. That's health. fine. That's how like, yeah, conversations are improving in, in some, you know small mining yeah. town in, in the north of England. I don't know. Um but it, yeah, interesting. Man, yeah, it's uh, whatever. I mean how do you feel about the world? Are you positive about the world? I think so. I'm going on holiday at the end of this month. For, it will be the first time leaving the country in, f- in four years. Wow. Um, and I'm very excited to that. I'm going very far away to <laughs> Paris. <France. laughs> <laughs> Baby steps. Yeah, no, I'm going to Paris for uh, a few days to see some friends and then nice. my mate's wedding uh, in the countryside oh, lovely um and then getting the train back nice um I, I haven't actually been to france you know never been to yeah france. never been to france to be honest like i mean especially the northern part is just like you can see it just used to be attached to england like <laughs> all the same wildlife like it's all the same yeah, you know, yeah it's so lovely like getting off a plane and hearing a completely different lounge la- like soundscape of insects of birds of wind but like you know, like normandy and parts of Brittany, it's like it sounds exactly the same as yeah. being on like the isle of wight or, or yeah. portsmouth or anywhere <laughs> just around those yeah. yeah um but no i i i i say i am optimistic about the world because i am yeah going to Going to Paris. Going to Paris. To, uh, that's, that's the... Yeah. Hopefully, see if I can um, materialize. You know, just a little music video or something whilst I'm there. Um, but run around with some friends, have some wine on the river Seine. Sounds lovely. Live my yeah romantic comedy dreams. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And uh, yeah. And you say you got a girlfriend now as well. I do. I um. Oh God! A podcast official, <laughs> immortalized. Yeah. No, it's I. You know, it's it's still early. First sort of five months. Oh, but, nice. Um, yeah. It's nice. I mean, like, I was obviously single for the entirety of lockdown, and and as were. It's not exactly like a hot take that it was lonely during those. Times. <laughs> <laughs> I was joking to my flatmate because I said a similar thing the other day, and um, he was, "I'll oh, keep that one to yourself." Mate. <laughs> Um, but yeah, no, it was it was bleak, obviously. So being back in the world of like dating and romance, cause it was just like an entire side of people that just got switched off. There was no, yeah. you know, no kind of debate about it. Um, but now that's all back and everything. We've got a super gonorrhea strain running around. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ebbs and flows. Yeah, and flows. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a good hit. Positive. That's Ooh. a that's a good. Uh, like it's a good uh, measure of how people are doing in their life if, if they feel I think so good about the world yeah yeah I didn't feel good about the world this time last, like well I mean like 18 months ago yeah. it was not so good but even last summer I moved back to London in April and um, everyone was still a bit trepidatious a bit cautious about kind of returning you know it was like is there going to be another wave in winter mm. and whereas you know now I feel like, and you know, rather rather grimly in parallel when the conflict with Ukraine started, I think people kind of got like 
jerked out of it you know like one day the front page news we all cared about was whether or not boris johnson was going to get fined for attending a party and then the next day it was like russian forces have invaded ukraine it was you could not have had a more like yeah, yeah, yeah. hilarious shift in like severity to what everyone was talking about um but for for whatever reason that seems to have i guess like shook yeah. us yeah definitely yeah um, i went to um uh i went to belfast yesterday oh, nice. uh, yeah and uh honestly like no one cared in airports really? yeah just flying in the plane on the way back because i literally went in in the morning came back in the evening and uh it's just yeah on the way back they were like oh please wear a mask but like, Not for i mean the thing is like people like I, like i had my mask on but the thing is like what's no one cares as well and 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 i had this mask that was like <laughs> In, in the back pocket of these jeans that I took out and I was like this is definitely worse than me <laughs> than wearing this mask it's so dirty it was like one of them just like the blue disposable ones that had been like mm. fucking scrunched and even like one of the one of the strings that snapped and I'd like tied oh, it wow, back together broke junkyard mask oh it was nice. horrible I was like wow this mask is yeah has a lot of shit on it probably fungus and whatever oh lovely uh, yeah yourself a chest infection yeah i know yeah it's silly but yeah it feels nice man um yeah are you positive about the world yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm i'm do you know what i'm <laughs> i'm always in two minds and i feel like we've we've reached a point in society which is very unique and i don't really think it's necessarily ever happened before <laughs> i just i remembered my posture and now i'm sitting like impossibly straight and this is not sustainable this for the rest of the podcast enough. um <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, I just, yeah, I feel like we've reached a point in society which is super unique in terms of like human history where so many people have so much power now mm. that at some point something will give. I don't know what will. I don't know if like... The worst one. I mean, the thing the is... The thing. the thing. Well, that's the thing. It's like obviously so many countries have nuclear weapons. Yeah, what's the point? We no one may as well have them now. Everyone's got them. Yeah, it's just that's like a. I mean, obviously that's one, uh, but then you know that's like a, like a. I don't know. I think that's not as likely. Mm. But for example, there's you know for example like uh, people like hackers and shit. Mm. Like if someone you know if if like a group like i don't know if like anonymous i don't even know if they're real i don't know what fucking anonymous is but if for example some someone like that decides to like take down like the like the power grid in london mm. and shit like that would be fucking chaos and i i do think something bad will happen but generally speaking i think um i think people are still full of life and you know i mean like if i like to think as people's as like uh, quite simple creatures, you know. We st we 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 want to sort of keep going no matter what, you know. We want to, yeah, spread our seed and, and have like the next generation and have spread our seed. That's yeah, romantic. Way. <laughs> <Basically>. Yeah, <laughs> and like we want to keep life going. And I think there's a lot of, uh, you know, collective effort to make sure that sort of happens mm. in whatever way possible. I Meaning, you know, you have the extremes of like. Elon Musk wants like mm. spread the seed in Mars. People on the moon. Yeah, people on the moon and stuff. And you know, there's people that 
I'm sure there's like lots of fucking wild like bunkers and shit around the world where yeah for sure um, but I, I, there's lots of interesting reading you can do about whether or not we could survive a nuclear war and how many people would need to survive in order to build back to the same mm. you know like estimations about X amount of generations to reinvent a lot of the stuff we'd already invented yeah 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 um there is like a critical number of like if we lost more than that amount of people then we wouldn't stand a chance of rebuilding but i've been listening a lot recently not to make things too joe rogan-y but you know the episodes where he has like graham hancock yeah, on yeah. Oh, my favorite Carson ones and like you know learning about atlantis and uh the what was it the um the Younger Dryas. The Younger Dryas um, period. Cataclysmic yeah. event, which basically had a mass reset on humanity yeah, some yeah. 10,000 years before we thought we became Actually, yeah, advanced. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. you know, there may have been an entire period of human history that got wiped out that we didn't know. Um, and yet there we were 10,000 years later Critting. developing again. So yeah. maybe, maybe these theories about, you know, human extinction are too pessimistic. Yeah, uh, yeah. Do you know? Um, uh, I mean, I met this girl recently. He's actually coming to a podcast tomorrow. Ah, but she just came back from the US because she was there cooking for Randall Carson. Oh wow, nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, she because uh, her mum is she does. a chef? No, she she actually does. Uh, she studies neuroscience. Uh, but she she used to be a chef, but her mum organized Randall Carson's birthday dinner. And it's just like so fucking random. But um, yeah, she just came back. So I'm sure nice. we'll talk about that. But yeah, I love that shit, man. It's so yeah. interesting. And obviously the... Graham Hancock's fascinating. Yeah. Absolutely fascinating. Yeah, yeah. Um, Very good at titling books as well. The Fingerprints of the God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fingerprints of the gods. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, he's yeah, he's good with good with his words. Very, very articulate, and I mean, also not a one-trick pony in terms of like, he's got his stuff about Atlantis. He's got his stuff about Gilbert Tepe the stuff about the Amazon and the ruins that they're uncovering mm. there is really interesting, you know, and, and the the bittersweetness of it, that basically the only reason why we're discovering all of these structures the is because we're completely destroying it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, whereas some of the others, people in that territory sound a bit, you know, just like, I forget his name, but the one that believes... Atlantis is those concentric circles in the western Sahara region, you know, like the oh, salt yeah. flats. Oh, yeah, 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 I have seen those. It'd be a very interesting structure, but I don't know. It's, yeah. I, I think, think uh, Randall Carson had something to say about that. that yeah, it, he it's, doesn't believe it's doesn't believe it. I think he thinks it's in the Azores, the islands. Yeah, that, that um, where there's like plates meet. Mm. Um, that was a tangent. That was a tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, uh, I mean, ancient, ancient history in like Egypt and stuff. I, I happily just yeah spent fascinating spent isn't it? a few days just talking about that. Honestly, mm. um, have you seen that video where it's like a American primetime news station doing a segment on the fact that through 
3D printing, they've managed to reprint the voice box of uh, Pharaoh. Um, no. And <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> they uh, they they managed to like basically synthesize what his voice would have sounded like based on the shape of his voice box. Oh my day! And they um. They just play one sound that comes through and it's just like, oh! Scientists were able to mimic Nessie Amun's voice by recreating his mouth and vocal cords with a 3D printer. It allowed them to produce a single sound. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? I'll show you this. Uh, very good podcast content. Uh, referencing other, other videos, but I'll, uh, I'll show it to you. I'll oh, mate, what the fuck? Um... Yeah, yeah. I mean, in ge in general, yeah, I feel good about the world. I I do feel uh, there's obviously a dread in me, uh, quite uh, quite consistently. But uh, at the same time, as much as much dread there is, there's twice as much joy. Joy. I'm just positive. Yeah, like I don't know. I just I tend to see the good in people, and and um, I feel like when uh, we we live in a society where yeah. I mean, again, this is just like, yeah, you know, cliched, but like, you know, the loudest people are kind of like the most negative and like the most extreme views mm, and stuff. Yeah. And so much of the conversation gets led by the loudest, but then. I'm seeing a lot of um, kind of whataboutism at the moment where. Whataboutism? Whataboutism, like, you know, important kind gestures, you know, donations, raising awareness around one particular issue is not met with sort of anything other than, oh, but you, you don't give a shit about this conflict or that situation right, or right, this right. case. And it's, I don't know, it's a fairly toxic trait perpetrated by people, I think, that, you know, have maybe at one point had it happen to them. And, you know, I don't know, it's... It, it doesn't change anything. It just clouds the situation with kind of toxicity and mm. spitefulness. Um, and also, like, I, I think on a purely, like, intellectual basis, it doesn't make any sense to me because once you open that door, like, you know, what about this? If you really care, then that where does that stop? Like, you know, it becomes obscene. You become becomes a necessity to tune yourself into every single issue everywhere at the same time oh yeah I impossible that, yeah like, i feel like physically can't do that to to yourself yeah. um i feel like there's a weird societal pressure at the moment where we uh yeah there's pressure being put on people to sort of know the ins and outs of all issues mm -hmm. of all conflicts and problems and you know anything from obviously anything to do with like the LGBT community to then like anything to do with Israel, Palestine or Ukraine, mm. Russia or whatever, whatever. Yeah. Um, and people love telling people when they get it wrong. Yeah. yeah they love it. Um, and, and the thing is cool. Like there are important issues, but at the same time you got to remember it's like, I know. And it creates, I think the opposite effect again. It's like if people are afraid to even attempt to, you know, do something because the fallout from trying and getting it wrong is a lot worse than just not trying that's we're not in progressive yeah. territory there we're and in. it's not even not even just a not trying but just taking the populist view of what 
what's acceptable. Yeah. That's also just like, that's kind of, um, uh, you know, that's problematic within itself because you're not, you're not really learning or about the situation yeah, or questioning right. the situation. You're sort of just taking what's yeah given to you and then for sure going with that. No, there is. I mean, like in some ways it's, you know, there's always progress and like being expected, you know, we all need to be fluid in our opinions and accept when we're wrong and listen to people whose voices are more, more experienced. But that I think is like the active positive side of things, but the, the barrage of, of, you know, quite nasty behavior that can sometimes come when people get shit wrong is you know is not good it, it was like um when um what was her name molly may the oh what the, the like little Boo, mix Boo who no um oh molly may yeah the, the creative doesn't yeah, yeah yeah who got in all sorts of trouble for saying everyone's got the same you know it was what did she say? She said everyone's got the same 24 hours in a day. <laughs> and that she, yeah, delusional kind of like forgetting the forgetting situation. Yeah, privilege and everything. Um, but that was just like, she was so hated after that. And really? I just like, <laughs> she got it wrong. She's a fucking 21 year old who's in an insane position, shouldn't be in there, yeah. you know, still like forming their opinions of life. And like their outlook and learning, and and yet like everything that they're gonna say is taken yeah. into account by a lot of angry people, and angry rightly so, because it's it's never nice to hear people so like blatantly kind of forgetting, you know, what the reality of of life is for people not in privileged positions. But at the same time, like, aren't we better than that? Just like everyone jumping on the internet to bully a twenty-one-year-old for saying something stupid. Like, didn't you say stupid shit when you were 21? Mm. Like, the only difference is I didn't have a mouthpiece for, like, you know, several yeah. hundred million people. And, 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 like, you know, it's... I don't like connecting things, but, like, you know, how fucking sad it was when Caroline Flack took her own life. And, and yet... And everyone afterwards, you know, was like, oh, this is what happens when, you know, the media responds negatively towards women and it's just like we well, stop fucking perpetuating it on instagram like the daily mail is only going to write that headline if they think like you know people are going to click on it people are going to click on it like yeah. I, I don't know it doesn't sit right seeing so much hate in such broad daylight um even when someone has said something stupid or yeah. done something wrong you know um yeah yeah it is sad it is sad and also there's like there's the I mean, it's also so complicated because, you know, if someone says that in real life, yeah, um, you know, if your mate says that, then obviously you would, you would have a, you'd be like, what are you talking about? No, yeah, they, they, you don't get the opportunity for discourse. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, yeah, no. You don't get the opportunity to just like, you know, actually have the conversation about it straight away and it just gets sort of hand so quickly. And also like, you know, places like the Daily Mail and stuff, I find them particularly fascinating because quite often I think like whenever they write something like, Something along the lines of like, oh, um, whatever, say Molly May, because that's the only name I can think of. Oh, Molly May walking down the red carpet in a super revealing dress or whatever. Mm -hmm. You know, they they use, I don't, I, I, quite often I I think like these newspapers and these media outlets 
don't give a shit about what people actually about what people actually wear and how revealing people are but i mean half the daily mail writers are like 25 year olds waiting to get a job at the guardian like it's you know and they just write what people would get enraged about and click on and these are not the opinions of the writers this is like massively fed by their readership yeah yeah big time Um, Big, big time yeah yeah yeah, I, I think, but I guess maybe like you're, you touched on something there, which is like there's because there's not that opportunity of conversation when you're asked to say something in the public light, you present an opinion as though it's a fact or a long held life philosophy or something. When realistically in life, like, you know, like half the shit I've said here, like maybe in the next four hours, I'll have a convo with a mate and completely do a 180 on something. Mm. And then that's like, but I guess when people interpret what someone is saying in in like the public light as like a statement of fact on in their life, it can seem much more critical and much more invalidating to them than perhaps a casual mention during a conversation Mm. could. And maybe that's why it's always met with such like force and pressure. Good. Do you do any combat sports? Uh, no, but I, I'm actually planning to. Sorry, that was the weirdest thing. <laughs> <laughs> Great conversation. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, I'm planning to though. Uh, some Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I, yeah, I, my, um, Anthony Bourdain, one of my heroes, chef, yeah. travel writer, man of the world. Um, he was really obsessed with it, wasn't he? He was obsessed with BJJ. Yeah. yeah. Uh, BJJ, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Um, those in the know big jobby job job <laughs> um and it's very interesting how it seems to you know take a take up a lot of people's lives in a, in a in a healthy way but you know you hear a lot of stories of you know addicts and recovery it's it seems like something you can give yourself to in the same way that many people give themselves mm. to you know like running or 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 crochet and it's also what tends to happen is with specifically with brazilian jiu-jitsu is a lot of people that i like and i listen to they all do it Mm. uh i I actually went to a session i went to like a trial session uh but then does david goggins do jiu-jitsu i don't think i don't think he does joe rogan does joe rogan he loves it uh but like lex fridman do you know lex fridman uh yeah yeah he loves it uh there's a bunch of other people i'm like i could uh, yeah, it's just also I don't know I've always not always but in recent years um, I've tried I've been I've been more consciously trying to be not true not to be more masculine but to be as masculine as I'd, I'd like to be mm. you know what I mean I feel like fighting is a very um there's something in me that wants to know how to fight and knows knows how to like to be able to like protect myself mm. even if I never have to do it and ideally I wouldn't have to yeah. but just there's some sort of like I'm a man I should know how to fight type of thing in me where it's like I uh I've I've tried to like and I've I've been I mean you know me I'm a super non-aggressive guy cuddly yeah. friendly <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um but yeah, there's part of me that really. You say to me with like very blatantly like a busted open knuckle right now. <laughs> <laughs> that was from earlier. I was cleaning the freezer. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
yeah, I I definitely understand what you mean about maybe kind of like reconnecting with masculinity in a healthy way. Because mm. um, I think that, you know, a lot of the bastions of that sort of manliness over the last sort of decade or so have kind of been shown to be arseholes or, or predatory or that behavior, you know, is normally encircled with yeah, that. Yeah. And and I think that now we're kind of entering a point where it's like, let's, let's read contextualize manliness and what it is to be a guy and, and masculinity in a, in a more healthy way. And yeah, I think, I guess fighting's one way into it. You know, I spoke earlier about the aesthetics of bodybuilding versus just being functionally stronger. Mm. And, and that's been my own kind of journey with it. Um, I think w weirdly, like I've, for the first year of my life, I think like slowly learning like <laughs> what is attractive about men from a female perspective and kind of like working through that. And a lot of the sort of, aesthetic standards I hold myself to, you know, in terms of like what I do when I want to make myself look good or whatever right. are things that I kind of picked up on from women. Whereas what I'm not really realizing is actually a lot of women find men attractive for things that are just natural kind of manly things, you know, like veiny, arms veiny yeah. hands um you know uh, a sort of solid abdomen not like you know shredded washboard abs but actually something that you know looks like a kind of mm. pillar yeah, yeah. <laughs> i don't know i mean may, may, this is again one of those things where i'm like very much ears open and learning and kind of as i said reevaluating. um so i i don't want to go too far out with the statements i'm making because i no, no, it's it's interesting because it's yeah. kind of like reading into because um, I feel like uh, sort of when, but again, this I think like social media skews uh, me personally, just sort of skews my view of what people actually think because there was a period where it's like, oh my gosh, we love dad bods. Mm. And it was that whole thing of like dad bods and whatever. Bet David Goggins couldn't stand that period. <laughs> <laughs> but no, but it, but it's like the thing is just like yeah, some people you know you know it's kind of like a uh, like a thing to say, but it's not the case. No, and I mean attraction is like a hundred million different things at any one point. Like yeah. you know that I I saw a fucking ID article about like or was it dazed about short king season and that like being tall was out and with like the rise of like tom holland and people like that it's short king season um it's just like i mean like, if you fall in love with someone and they're like five foot two you fall in love with someone and they're five foot two that yeah, doesn't yeah. mean that like there's anything less there's or more some yeah. sort of hypnotic pendulum which has swung and the world is now like gone from like five two <laughs> five two boys. <laughs> um yeah i how tall is five two? That's not very tall. I may be really drastically undercooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A really bit short. of hyperbole. <laughs> but no, but I get what you're saying though. Is uh, the I don't know. I feel like again, these sort of articles 
get written because uh, uh, you know of certain ideas that get pushed on social media and stuff. Yeah, of course. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, which sort of makes sense, of course. But then, I don't know. To one sense, yes, it is. It's kind of healthy because you know, taking like short men for an, uh, like as a, an example, it's you know, short men in society. You know, you go on like Tinder and Bumble, wherever it's like. Mm. If you're not six foot and over, it's like you got no chance. By the way, it looks like on every fucking girl's page. Yeah. Um. So it's, you know, and I, I feel like you know, if you're if you're a short guy and if if you go on, if you go that and you see it and you're like, oh man, it's, it's bullshit. Like, yeah, I'm not. Does it just discount someone as a person? Well, I mean, obviously, I think the one thing we sometimes don't realize about dating sites it's like the shit some guys say on there to women is abhorrent and like i don't know what you know other guys profiles look like on like het show set up like dating platforms but i'm sure there are a lot of you know equally rude oh yeah unpleasant things to say um on the male behalf um but no how tall are you six four uh six four the I'm six two. It's good height, man. The goat height. Yeah, it's the it's the best one. Six four is good. Like you, you have the body of a six four guy as well. Like everything's proportionately beefed out. I feel like I'm quite slight. Any taller than six two, I'd start to look like a sort of a bit too lanky, gangly, yeah, okay. yeah, gangly spaghetti man. Um. And I don't want to be a gangster. Yeah, want a bit of bit of meat. Yeah, yeah, not too much, but a bit. Yeah, not too um, much. You've always been quite, um, quite slim, I guess. Yes. Just a, I mean, it's body types as well. Yeah. I, I think so. You know, so you much genetics that plays into it, and yeah, how your body just retains, or like yeah, fat and fat and muscle and stuff. But one thing that I find really interesting is how jovially we're sort of describing like our kind of our positive relationships with our body and stuff like that and it just like across the the gender barrier it could not be more of like an opposite situation um and again it's just like you know it's always pleasant kind of having these conversations where you stumble across things like that versus having the first word of the conversation taken put on a headline and then suddenly everyone's like yeah but what about women in their bodies and it's like yeah time allowing time for an arrival at a conclusion is is always you know uh essential yeah i mean it's that's why um i, I love podcasts you mm. know? i think um as well the sort of um driven to make one because it's just i think we're uh sort of i mean i, I guess like purely to the fact of the rise of podcasts and i think i think it's something insane there's like mi there's like millions of podcasts now yeah yeah like millions of podcasts and the fact that there's an audience for them now sort of speaks to the fact of how just like i think what was it? in america alone i think last year's revenue bought in by podcast was like 300 million dollars is that not enough maybe no it's got to be more yeah maybe 300 billion like it's got to be something because not Joe, 300 billion because Joe Rogan that's, oh, insane. Oh, that's insane but like on, Joe Rogan on his on his own 
you know? Yeah. Yes. He, he, he makes probably like 200 mil. His his Spotify deal was... Um, 100 mil or something. But then he gets more money on top of that from... Mm. Uh, uh, How much do you think Jamie gets paid? Do you reckon <sighs> he's been really mean and just kept him on like an audio technician <laughs> yeah, salary? Yeah, like for like 40 grand, <laughs> like $40,000 a year. Uh Nah, he's got to be making bank. Yeah, what you would hope so. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, he's, he's loyal to you know reward the people around him. Yeah, yeah, I think he's making bank. Um, Comedians have had an interesting turn of it recently, obviously with Will Smith slapping Chris Rock on stage, and, and you see Dave, Dave Chappelle, Chappelle uh, the other day, yeah. and Jamie Fox in a cowboy hat beating the shit out of <laughs> this guy. Uh, all s- such insane stories. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah. What do you think that is? What do you think that's come down to? Like, um, I imagine in both situations, um, what's actually, I mean, like the Will Smith thing, no one would have seen that coming and I don't think anyone would have stopped it because like the, yeah. you know, the directors of the show are probably like, oh, Will's going up on stage. It's going to be funny. Some, yeah. They're going to do a bit. Um, what was so weird with that was the way he then was presented with an award and, and standing a ovation. standing ovation, despite like quite blatantly like assaulting someone on stage. Um, I think they kind of pulled some punches on the disciplinary action. Um, I don't know. There's a bunch of Los Angeles locals that can shed a lot more about the Pinkett Smith drama and everything but i i know there's a lot of shit to unpack around oh that, yeah, yeah, yeah um the dave Chappelle thing i don't know well everyone thought it would be a sort of retaliatory trans phobic uh retaliation to the, the yeah. transphobic stuff that Chappelle did on his original it doesn't look like that it looks like it was um i think they they got the guy right yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I, I hadn't actually. Well, I don't story. know if I don't think either two are re- like related in terms of like motivation. But I would say like I don't know. Like security should have been like in front of the stage. Maybe that's a COVID hang up. Maybe there are not a sort of like tightly knitted security barriers because of distancing at venues. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely not a good time to venture into stand-up comedy if you were thinking of doing that for yeah. your, uh, for your YouTube channel. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I actually think it might it might be a good time to be a comedian because I, I feel like now there's a time of like... Um, there's, a, there's a real push, pushback on... There's a real pushback on being cancelled, I think, now. Where, uh, you know... In a couple couple years ago, I don't think that was okay. I think, I think like it was fairly permanent. Though. Yeah, like being cancelled was, you know, like if if you did if you said the wrong things and and whatever, you sort of you automatically had to apologise because otherwise that was it. I think now, you I think he was almost sort of better off doubling down. On- well, I think everyone sort of slightly got a bit sick of like perpetuating the lie that cancel culture is good. It just became a bit stupid. Nothing was like earnest or sincere like none like none of the apologies ever meant anything um 
and people didn't really learn. They just got pissed off and upset and sad mm. because, oh no, my career after... Thirty I, years of grinding is just yeah, over because... Like, I guess, I mean, there's all sorts of minutia and nuance to the reasons of people's cancelling. But in general, I would say that like the world has stopped pretending that it's an effective means of dealing with stuff because mm. it doesn't, you know, it doesn't fix anything and almost always comes back to bite you in the ass you know like i say it all the time but like you know the rust belt in america felt completely neglected during much of president obama's administration the rust belt yeah like a collection of states in the kind of like central Mm -hmm. u.s that maybe don't align with the more liberal values of like the east coast and west coast and um yeah like cancelling them so to speak kind of just resulted in an enormous force of people wanting to elect president trump which is what happened and like yeah, yeah. i guess like if there is venom and toxicity in someone shoving it out of eyesight is not a good it way makes it worse of remedying yeah, 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 i think yeah. it needs compassion and attention and you know work it's not an advocation of like venomous toxic behavior it's just like in what situation you know we see in the jail system that like just punishing someone for the sake of punishing them and putting them away out of sight doesn't solve problems it creates seven more problems you know but then the jail i don't know enough about that yeah yeah that's that's a whole different topic of study yeah but um God, what have we we talked about everything? So yeah, we have. We sort of just. Which, to be honest, feels like we're just catching up. Yeah. We haven't. Yeah, we haven't really spoken properly. Atlantis. David Goggins. Dave Chappelle. David Chappelle. It's David's. Um. Gender yeah. politics regarding body image. Yeah, a little bit of that. Yeah. Reframing masculinity in the contemporary. Yeah. Context. Fascinating. Um, <laughs> what are you up to for the rest of the weekend? What have you got planned? Uh, the rest of the weekend, today, I need to fix my... <laughs> last night, I broke another light. I broke the, the, the toilet light because we have one of them, like, pulleys. Ah, uh, yeah. And it just, just wasn't working. It was just fucking yanking on it. And we, we've been yanking on it for, like, two weeks. Pulled <laughs> 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 floorboard from the stealing upstairs. Um, so, yeah, I need to have a go at that. Uh, chill out today. Tomorrow, go on another podcast. Which actually is going to be, I'm, I'm really excited for. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> I was excited. It will be much better than No, 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 no. This, this, this felt more like a, a friendly catch-up rather than a, an, an interview per se. Interview. Well, I guess that's like the, the dichotomy of podcasts, isn't it? It's like some are always going to be that more like, let me pick your brains and mm. some are just going to be both larger. equally enjoyable but like for different reasons yeah do you ever listen to armchair expert with Dak shepherd no no it's quite a good one what's that um it's just your run-of-the-mill man midlife crisis podcast yeah. like just yeah. um yeah him and his famous mates talk about everything nice. um uh interesting stuff quite personal stuff too um 
Uh, what, what else do you listen what, to, actually? So I listen to one called the Brett Easton Ellis podcast, which is run by um, Brett Easton Ellis, shockingly. Uh, and he is an American author who wrote American Psycho. Cool. Um, and Less Than Zero and, and Imperial Bedrooms, just to name some of his books. Um, and yeah, it's sort of half film slash lit slash art review half music he gets very interesting guests on there um and um over lockdown is actually when i started subscribing because i've always been a fan of his novels he started serializing a novel that he was writing in lifetime um and kind of doing audiobook segments every other week um over the pandemic and it was just this amazing thing like that I feel so lucky to have listened to when it was coming out because it's like you look at, you know, like Arthur Conan Doyle or Charles Dickens, you know, these were writers who, who earned their careers by writing serialised, you know, some of the Sherlock Holmes used to come out in the newspaper every like week or month or whatever. And that's just, that feels like ancient history. So it was crazy to kind of experience what the modern contemporary iteration of that was. Um, and how... Because I don't know if he'd finished his outline before he started recording the first episode or like what the kind of the lead time mm. or delay was in each chapter and stuff. But it, it felt pretty high octane, high risk. Like, oh, you know, I can't imagine it was easy for him having yeah. to churn out like entire chapters in a fortnight that were then once they were read, it was like, that's, that's it. what's gone out to the world. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. you know, especially as he's a writer that's taken... It, beforehand taken you know seven or eight years to complete a book like yeah um but that is a podcast i listen to um i listen to a podcast called review review which is very funny by um two american comedians jeffrey james and riley anspar and um they basically they find some of the funniest reviews they can on yelp um, and they talk about them and like review them and then they Great. use them as well, that's like, so niche. <laughs> um, they use them as like intro points to kind of like improv sets. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's good, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, really good. I listen to If I Were You, which is Jake and Amir's um podcast on Headgum. Quite a bit then. Yeah, I'd say so. There's around like four or five there. Yeah, um, great for driving, to be honest with you. Yeah. And long drive. Oh, you, uh, you drive. Yeah, yeah, nice. yeah. Still driving. Um, uh, it's such a save in lower budget film production things where oh, yeah. you can't afford van rentals no, yeah, yeah, or yeah, yeah. drivers. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'll ask you something before we sort of end. Uh, okay. When you work, right? Because yeah. obviously, so in terms of obviously um, on a day to day basis, is mm. most of your stuff sort of freelance or yeah. yeah, or so you have to make your own schedule and mm -hmm. how do you go about that? Do you have like a daily routine type um, of thing? Yeah, so I, I mean, interestingly, things like running kind of help carve out that routine for you, right? Because like you're needing to make sure you get your meals prepared because you need calories at the right time of day and stuff. Um, but generally, normal work day for me um if i'm like on a live job or something will be up at seven thirty. overnight oats and a coffee in bed nice 
Uh, and then if I'm running in the morning, I'll go for a run. If I'm running in the evening, I'll just crack straight on. Um, but it depends. I mean, so many of the tasks I kind of do in directing are so manic and all over the place. About the only thing that looks the same consistently is treatment writing and deck writing, which is like, you know, putting together pitch docs, I guess, would be how I'd explain it for, you know, like pitch docs to convey the idea of a music video. Um, and that is, I always do that in the sections. I, um, I create a skeleton of a document in Adobe InDesign. So, you know, title page, intro segment, cinematography breakdown, art department breakdown, et cetera, et cetera. And then I'll start working in images to everything. Um, and all of this is kind of like helping feed ideas as well, because you can get really inspired by some of the images you see and collect. And the last thing I do is actually start filling in text and writing what we're seeing and what the thing's about, because right. so much of your understanding about what it is you're going to go and do actually arises during the creation. You know, you have your initial kernel of an idea and and then kind of building out this this portfolio of that idea kind of helps inform different bits and how you could get from X to Y to Z. And so I don't like using text too early because you know it's stays visceral but that's just you know that's computer work and laptop work and same with with writing um for narrative and fiction and stuff a lot of that takes place on on revision cards then working into documents into more detailed documents until you work into your script writing software um but i go on lots of walks um during my days i find that if i if you know like if the task is to come up with a good idea then sitting still doesn't really help that um and so generally i'll i'll you know move around keep things in the back of my mind or the side or the front mm. um and things germinate over time um and yeah i mean it's I guess, but I always have like a to-do list, you know, of the day. Um, I, I don't necessarily structure things to like the hour or whatnot. Um, but generally it's, yeah, emails and communication in the morning. And then around like 10, 30, 11, it's like getting on with the tasks at hand. Um, and I guess one of the things I struggle with is maybe switching off and stopping working because it can very easily just bleed into the evening, you know, TV on in the background, mm. still working on the treatment or whatever. And sometimes that's not so healthy and you need to have like a hard off switch. Mm. Six, or like a point of like yeah. diminishing returns type of thing. Yeah, definitely. But unfortunately sometimes with like the music video industry, the turnaround for yeah. sending off treatments for briefs is just so... Yeah, like a day. <laughs> yeah, literally insane. Um, and I think, I don't know, something's got to change in that regard because it's not an ethical way of working, you know, expecting all of these creatives who are not being paid to drop whatever's on their schedule to get a deck out for mm. um, a musical release, which has probably been in the pipeline for much longer. Oh, it definitely has, yeah, yeah, yeah. And equally, you know, the, the turnaround times for these projects are so mad when in reality like it's 
sometimes things just sit waiting to be released once they're completed and it's like if you gave us more time that would have been amazing but i understand yeah i don't know um so you do have some sort of like you've sort of over the I years think sort of, so, yeah. sort of like figured out your own ways of working but it changes and i think the most important thing is to stay versatile and adaptable um we all have our creature comforts you know our, our writer's desk or our preferred brand of notebook or whatever but mm. you know the the actual tasks at hand are always so incredibly different that that no work day feels entirely the same um obviously when you're in like pre-production you know it can feel maybe a bit more similar because everything's to do with the same project um but when you're kind of bouncing between different companies for different tasks I think that that, you know, it's very liberating feeling. So kind of unchained to one mm. specific, you know, there are obviously great perils of it because things can like dry up completely or you don't get any like, you know, corporate care in terms of like pensions or stuff like that. You know, the advantages that you yeah, get yeah, with, yeah. A, with a contracted job. But now's the time to live that way, I suppose. Yeah, yeah sort of. It feels like it feels that way anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder, um, it does make me think though, like when, uh, when we sort of reach our age of, uh, like 60, 70, I wonder like how many mm. people in our sort of world would be like, well, Still well, be freelance, yeah. freelancing, like, well, got no pension, not much saved up. <laughs> yeah, interesting. We'll probably all be living in like space pods by then. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll just be like, Men yeah. will be a lot cheaper. Yeah, yeah, yeah Be yeah. on Mars with Elon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something like that. That's what we'll have to do to afford to keep living, nominate ourselves. <laughs> just like all the artists. One-way like, ticket to... Populate Mars. To Mars to, be to see if they've managed to perfect the atmosphere. They, they don't quite know. <laughs> Take your helmets off and... Well, have crossed. a go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see um, how the gravity affects your... Your height, maybe they'll send all the short people because they'll get taller. <laughs> what a wonderful full circle! <laughs> yeah. Sending short people to Mars. Yeah, that's the that's the only solution to modern day problems. You'd hope that they'd get it right and they would get taller, but it'd be very funny if they got it wrong and they just got you. <laughs> <laughs> <Sure>. <laughs> oh no, Dude. that'd be real bad. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway. It was good to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. It's been a wonderful chat. Yeah. Perrier sparkling water was delicious. Yeah. Maybe I'll have you on and we'll we'll have like a proper in-depth yeah. film. Oh, that would be or, really fun. And write in, write in and... I'd love to talk about films. Yeah. I know you're good at that. Have you ever had more than one guest on? More than one. Yeah, I had... Um, I had one with Ella and Johnny. Okay. And that was chaos. Yeah. There was like a pre-drinks one. Nice. So they were, um, they were both going out and... Uh, it was uh, it was quite fun actually. I enjoyed yeah. that. It was a different energy. Nice yeah. chaos. Yeah, I've got the third chair there. That's why. Oh, that's why. That's right. there. Yeah, I so. see. I see. Uh, need to get another mic, really. Yeah, but hey, baby steps, right? Baby steps, exactly. Yeah. <laughs>